Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here for week three of our Advent series called The Star. And I'm well aware that some of you might not have grown up in church, might not have grown up in denominations uh, or in churches that celebrated Advent, and and maybe it's a new concept to you. So what, what what we understand is that Advent is basically the four Sundays prior to Christmas that the, the Christian church typically celebrates in, in two ways. We celebrate as we look back toward the coming of Christ uh, over 2,000 years ago. We celebrate Him coming as a child, as a baby in a manger. We celebrate Him coming. And we Advent is a time for us to look forward to His coming again. In fact, that word Advent literally means coming uh, it's, it has this idea that he's on his way. So uh, in 2017, the church uh, finds itself in a very similar position as the church before Jesus came the first time in anxious anticipation of Christ coming again. In fact, one of the hymns that is, it, you think it's a Christmas carol, we all think it's a Christmas carol, but it's really a hymn of the church uh, from almost a thousand years ago, says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourn in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And just as they sang that as a hymn a thousand years ago in reflection of Christ coming the first time, we sing it today in 2017, believing that Christ is indeed coming again and we are anxious in anticipation of his coming, right? So these four weeks, we're talking about four topics um, during the Advent season. We've talked about hope, we've talked about love. This week, we talk about joy. And I hope that you're here, and I'll tell you how I prayed for you today, um, because I'm, I'm well aware that for many of us, during this time of year or any time of year, sometimes joy seems distant. Is that true? Sometimes joy seems hard to find. And what I've found, and, and, and I've been there, when, when you're in that kind of place where you, you, you don't feel the gladness that maybe someone around you does, you think, well, the joy that Christ brought is for someone else, but not me. And I, I hope that the Spirit of the Lord does a work in your heart today. If that's your thought, if that's your feeling, that the joy of Christ, the joy of the Christ child, the joy of the Christmas child is for you. If you have your Bibles, you want to look up on the screen, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I love, 
the the Luke two account of of the Savior. In fact, at my house, what I do on Christmas morning, and I've done it since before the boys were born, is I read Luke chapter two um, because it's just a beautiful account of what happened. But just a small part of what we're going to look at today. Luke chapter 2 verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good good noise. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Let's try that again, shall we? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Look at somebody and say joy. Uh, Isn't that an abstract word? Can't it mean so many things to so many different people? Uh, The the word joy is a lot like the word love. You you know, it's it's really hard to define. It's really hard to, uh, you you know, we, we use that word so flippantly. See, joy can come from a lot of different places. You may find joy in your favorite sports team. I don't know if y'all noticed, but Bulldogs won the SEC championship. <laughs> and I found great joy in that. Amen. I hope that's not the only aim. I hope that's not the loudest y'all get all day. You find joy in, in, in that sort of stuff. And that's okay, right? That's okay. Uh, you, you find joy in your kids' stuff. Um, you know, I, I remember when the boys were small, Mikey be on the soccer field, Matt be on the football field, and we'd, we'd trade places halfway through the game. And it's so much fun to watch your kids play sports. And um, let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a middle school band concert? <laughs> Did you hear the groan across the room? You know what? You can, you can tell right away if you're in one of those. I was a youth pastor for a long time, so I had to go to one all the time. And you can tell right away who the parents are because the parents will be sitting there like this. Everybody else that just has to be there is going to be going, oh. Because there has never been a good middle school band concert. They're painful. But it brings joy to our parents. Maybe you've, you found joy in a new vehicle. Anybody ever got a brand new car? Hey, isn't that exciting? Until that first payment's due. Then you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? How about a pay raise? You get excited about it. Does that bring joy when you get a pay raise? For a little while, right? And then it's not enough, right? Am I right? Uh, how, about, how about your wedding day? I was hoping to get a little bit better, you know, response than that. <laughs> I, I wasn't expected to talk about our wedding day and hushed silence cover the room. <laughs> it was a, you know, it's a good day, you know, for most of us. Some of us, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, husbands, you better smile or something or you're going to get in trouble later. See, all all that stuff brings us joy, and that's okay. But that's not really the kind of joy that I want to talk to you about today. See, there's a difference between temporary, superficial joy. Because, listen to me, all of that stuff that we talked about is going to go away. You know, it's all temporary. It's all temporary. The kind of joy I want to talk to you about today is different. It's the joy that the Christ child brought to the world that night. 
And, and here's the thing. It's not just any kind of joy. It's a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It's uh, it, it, it transcends happiness. How many understand joy and happiness are not the same thing? I've seen godly people literally on their deathbed with joy in their heart, with joy in their words. I remember talking to a pastor that had visited my mother-in-law literally days before she had passed, and he walked out shaking his head, and I'm like, What's, tell me what that's about. He says, I, I was coming to encourage her, and she ministered to me. It's because she had the joy of the Lord that cancer couldn't take away. Hey, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I, I, I believe that if, if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, you can have joy and be depressed at the same time. Think about it. Because it's, it's not a, just a feeling. It's an assurance that Christ has indeed done a work in your life. And so I'm going to give you a, a, a definition and this is a, it's, it's not a poetic definition, but I believe this sums up the kind of joy that we're going to talk about today. It's a good feeling in your soul given by the Spirit of God in recognition of the good news of Christ. Four elements. We'll go over them real quick. It's a good feeling. It is a feeling. Now, we walk by faith, not by sight. We understand that there must be more to our relationship with Christ. There must be more to, than it, it, there must be more to our experience with Christ than what we feel. But joy is a feeling. How many know that God does work in our emotions? It's a feeling in your soul. Joy is a feeling, a good feeling in your soul. That means if if my body is not in a good place, my soul can still have joy. If my mind is not in a good place, my soul can still experience joy. It's a good feeling in your soul given by the Spirit of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Joy given by the Spirit of God. And I, I, I wish I could quote this for you. I probably should have put it down in my notes. But uh, St. Augustine made this statement. He said, God, those things that you're commanding me to do, please bring them forth in my own life. See, you're commanded to be joyful at all times, aren't you? You can't do that on your own. You can't live this, in this life and, and be joyful unless the Spirit of God does a work in your soul given by the Spirit of God in recognition of the good news of Christ. Let me tell you why I put that last part in there. Because if it's not about what Christ has done, the good news that Jesus came, then, then all the joy that we experience in this life is simply temporary and superficial. The only thing that lasts forever is the good news of Christ. Yes. So, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum that up in just one little phrase. I'm going to say it about 30 times today. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. 
Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. How many understand that that works in every circumstance? In a financial struggle, don't worry. How, how many ever worried enough to pay a bill? You, you worried so much that money magically showed up in your checking account to pay a bill. Never happened. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. So what I want to do very quickly is to um, just show you some joy thieves. How many of you know that there are some things in our world, in our life, that will do all we can to steal our joy? And so in order to do that, I'm going to give you a present. How many, all right, now, don't, don't polish your halos. How many like getting some presents? Come on. Two of you, please. You know you do. Yes, you do. And so here's what I'm going to give you. I've got this present. Now, there's only one, but it's representative. Everybody in this building that wants this present can have one when you leave. If, if I run out, I'll, I'll make sure I go get you more. You, this is for you if you want it. Are you ready? I'm going to open it, and I'm going to show it to you, and you ought to be stunned and amazed at the gift that you're going to receive today. Are you ready? Are you sure? Here we go. You know the anticipation when... Let me ask you a question. When you open a presents on Christmas morning, who in your family is the one that's going to peel back every piece of tape and try to unwrap neatly? Don't do that at my house. I will snatch it away and rip it off for you. We get into it. So are you ready for your present? Are you ready for your gift? Are you ready? All right, now just be honest. How many of you think this is just not that big a deal? Because you got some, yeah, you got some. Um, but I bet it's a big deal for this guy. See the joy on his face? You know why there's joy on his face? Because World Vision just built that well in his village. And now him and his family have clean drinking water. I'm going to tell you one of the things that's stolen our joy is our wealth. See, if you're counting on money, you're counting on possessions to bring you joy, chances are you're going to be left wanting. And we have so, so much. We have so, so much. See, what... Oh, it's gone. What caused him to have incredible joy is just really not a big deal to me and you. You know, if you, if you really want clean drinking water, you either open the bottle that's already in your hand or you walk back to the water fountain. You go to any of the three sinks that are in this building and you can, you can find it. So it's just not that big a deal, is it? I'm telling you that if you and I are counting on wealth to bring us joy, we're going to be left wanting. I have a, a, an athlete that I, I followed for a long time. Um, his name is Deion Sanders. Many of you may recognize that name. There's some, there's some unique things um, 
about Deion Sanders that you may or may not know. Um, he's the only person ever to play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. That's pretty cool, right? Um, he's the only person to ever score a touchdown and hit a home run on the same day. That's a pretty big deal. I read an article about Deion Sanders not too terribly long ago, and it talked about after he won his first Super Bowl, he couldn't work up the, the joy to go to the party. He went home depressed and lonely in his $275,000 Lamborghini. And he thought, it's not here. Now, I'm just telling you, if, if I'm driving home in a quarter of a million dollar car, I'm going to find a way to smile. <laughs> but what he found was it wasn't enough. That it really doesn't matter how much wealth, how much possessions, how much power, we'll never find joy in the stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with the stuff, but if that's our source... It doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, you simply can't afford what Christ offers you freely. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. Here's another thief. Our fear, our worry. The angel said to them, "Do not be afraid." I bring you good news. Don't be afraid. The shepherds taught us that the antidote for fear is the joy of the Lord. Now, in 21st century Western civilization, you think, I think a shepherd looks like this. That's my son, Matthew, and if you look carefully, you can tell that's, that's his picture uh, on our Christmas tree from when he was in kindergarten and he's a shepherd. See, the only shepherds you and I have ever seen were been in, have been in kids' children's Christmas musicals. That's the only shepherds we've seen. But can I tell you, those shepherds that were watching their flocks by night over 2,000 years ago weren't children. They were Grown men. And they were not afraid of very much. See, their livelihood depended on them protecting their flock from predators and wild animals. It was not unusual for them to protect their flock against fierce, fierce animals. And they did it willingly. So when we read, and the angels were afraid. In fact, if you read your King James Bible, it says, and they were sore afraid. That's pretty afraid. If you're so scared, it hurts. <laughs> so they saw something that terrified them. I mean, listen, if you're sitting on a mountain hillside, you know, paying attention to your sleeping sheep, and all of a sudden, the Bible says it was a multitude of angels that showed up and bright lights and big city, you'd be afraid too. But you know what their response was? They, they, they wanted to find out what that was all about. 
So they listened to the angel, even though they were terrified, and they found themselves searching for that thing that the angel told them about, and they found an antidote for their fear when they knelt at the manger at the Christ child. So what's causing you fear? Maybe a better way to ask this question is, what are you worried about? Don't fear. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. Sometimes the trouble of life overshadows the presence of joy in our life. Sometimes there's stuff that happens in our life that causes what we feel like our world is spinning out of control. And maybe you've been there. Has there ever been a time when you thought, okay, this is all I can take. I, I, I am spinning all the plates I can spin. I'm done. Hmm. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. Because it's in those places, the places of your deepest worry, your deepest fear, it's in those places that those words the angel spoke can penetrate the deepest. Don't fear. Don't worry. You know, those words, do not fear, are in the Bible 365 times. Tell me that's coincidence. For every day of your life, except leap year, we'll give you leap year. You can worry on the 366th day. For every day of your life, there's a promise not to worry. There's a command not to worry. Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. Good news of great joy. Mm. So fear and worry rob our joy. Circumstances rob our joy. We're going to talk about the big three. You ready? The big three. Pain, problems, and people. Hey, physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, can that, can that put a shroud around your joy? Of course it can. It can be a joy vacuum in our life if we allow it. Pain, problems, finances. Man, I, I, you know, I get the privilege of looking at those connection cards Every week. And can I tell you, I I wish when we first started doing that, we would have kept a tally of what people are asking for prayer over. It's it's two things. I mean, it's not just two things, but there's two that would be higher than anything else. Sickness and finances. Pain and problems. And I'd like to tell you that you follow Jesus and you'll never have to worry about physical pain. Some of you are in this building right now in physical pain that would throw something at me if I said that. I'm telling you, you can have joy in spite of pain, in spite of problems. So pain, problems, and people. Can we talk for just a minute? (laughs) You ever feel like there's certain people in your life that are just put there? to grate on your ever-loving last nerve. 
just to make your life difficult. Now, obviously, it's none of y'all for me. Y'all wouldn't, I love y'all and I'm glad y'all are here, but I can't tell you that there's never been a time in my life when I thought, if I see them walking down the hall, I'm running. There's this guy at our church in Statesboro, and I loved him. He was a wonderful man. He just got on my nerves. I'm sorry. And he just, and he would walk down, the, and, and he was one of those folks that were so spiritual, he couldn't have a regular conversation with you. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, you, you couldn't talk to him about the weather. You couldn't talk to him about what was going on. He was just so, and, and he, he had a conversation that was on a level that was, so spiritual, I, you know, I, I consider myself a relatively spiritual man. I had no idea what the man was saying to me half the time. And so I avoided him like the plague. So here's the deal. Donna said it well. If we allow them to, those people can suck the joy out of your life. And listen, if they, if, if a person can rob you and suck the joy of the Lord out of your soul, it's not a problem between you and them. That's a problem between you and the Lord. Can pain and problems and people, oh, listen, they can take your happiness. They can't take your joy. Don't worry. There's good news. Say it. Jesus is here. Another joy thief. How many know you have an enemy? You have an enemy. And let me tell you why he hates you. Now, we would like to think that he hates us because we're some great threat to his kingdom. Let me tell you why he hates you. Because you remind him of God. You were created in his image. And so every time he sees you, he's reminded of God and he hates God. And he hates what the father loves. And listen, he so desperately loves you. I'm not going to tell you that you don't have an enemy. I. The Bible teaches us that he's seeking who he can devour. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you've got to start, you've got to keep reading that verse. That's John 10 and 10 if anybody's taking notes. He said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he said, I have come. So don't worry. Jesus is here. So here's our dilemma. We've talked about these joy thieves that are around us, and they're very real things. Pain in your body is a real thing. Financial difficulty, relational difficulty, those are real things. Here's our dilemma. We have this mandate in Philippians chapter 4 that says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Always rejoice. Be full of the joy in the Lord. Oh, I did write that quote down. Here it is. St. Augustine said this. Father, command what you will and grant what you command. Mm -hmm. Now now just, God, I 
don't feel joy and you've commanded me to be joyful, you must now grant that to me. Command what you will and grant what you command. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Our command is to always be joyful. Even in the midst of these, the pain, the problems, the people that would steal our joy, the command of Scripture is to always be joyful. Does that seem like a dichotomy? Does that seem like some paradox that God's commanded us to do something that is impossible for us to do? To always be joyful, to always experience the joy of the Lord, can we? And I'm going to tell you that Christ would never call you to do something and not equip you with the things you need to accomplish it. So I'm going to talk to you about how to have a joy-filled Christmas. In fact, I I probably shouldn't call it that. Here's how to have a joy-filled life. Anybody feel like, I, I told my wife the other day, because I, I kid with you guys about how I feel about what she does at Christmas time. I mean, she just, we, we have Christmas glasses. Christmas. I got in trouble because I used a regular coffee cup last week. <laughs> Am I, uh, true story? True or not? A suggestion, right? I'm, I'm just telling you. But here's, here's what I'm going to tell you that's, Stop. I quietly adore it. Because she makes our home this sanctuary during this time of year. It's just, it's, it's just cool to be around the stuff that she creates. And it's just, I love it. But sometimes, you, anybody feel this way? Like, after... After everybody goes home and it's December 26, you're like, well, then there it went. <laughs> Another one's come and gone. See, I, I'm going to tell you that the joy that Christ has called us to experience doesn't end December 26th. It better not end January 1st. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. How to have a joy-filled Christmas. But let's call it this. Let's say how to have a joy-filled life. Number one, recognize the source of your joy. I want you to to understand what I'm going to try to say. I love my wife more than I can explain to you my words. I I'd take a bullet for her without thinking about it. She is not the source of my joy. I love my children more than I I, I simply do not have the words to say how, how I feel about my kids. They are not the source of my joy. I love this church and I love you people. You, you, you just don't know how much I love you. You are not the source of my joy. Your family, your career, your stuff is not the source of your joy. And if it is, it will be short-lived joy. Romans 15 and 13 says, I pray that God, 
the source of hope will fill you completely with joy. If there's a joy vacuum in your life, and I've been there, I've told you some of my story. I'm not going to bore you with it. I've gone through some pretty dark moments when I felt like there was no joy. And here's what I've learned. In those moments, I can't find joy in my wife. I can't find joy in my kids. The only way is to get right by myself with my father who is the source of hope and let him fill me with joy. Recognize the source. Second thing, hey, this is, this is real profound and highly. Pray. Pray. Maybe I should explain what I mean by that. We're, we know how to pray for stuff. We know how to pray when we get in a jam. We know how to pray when... The finances are bad. We know how to pray when the marriage is bad. We know how to pray for all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you that there must be some other dimension to our prayer. Here's what Jesus said. I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible. This is John 16. He says, this is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Listen, your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. There is simply no substitute for the believer spending time in prayer. I'd like to tell you that I can give you these these simple steps to, to not feel in pressure, not to worry, not to fear. The only way I know to tell you is that if, if you're feeling those pressures and you don't have an active, consistent prayer life, that's the problem. Does that sound naive? To say that the source, that the reason I don't have joy is because I'm not spending time with God? And I'm going to tell you, yeah, maybe. So recognize the source, pray, and then make room. Here's a question, and it's a legitimate question because I don't think I know the answer to it. I I have a hunch. Let's, you know, the the ends of over 2,000 years ago didn't look like the ends that, you know, you and I have stayed in. They didn't, you know, what you know, I stayed in a Holiday you know, Inn Express last night. There were usually parts of someone's house. It was a, you know, a little side room. So when they, we find out that there's no room for Mary and Joseph and the, and the baby child in the inn, it's not like there was 130 rooms that were all just sold out. There was just... A few spaces in this particular inn. So here's the question. If the innkeeper knew, 
that Mary was carrying the Messiah, do you think he might have found a corner for her to stay in inside? Do you think? Had, we, had he known who was there at his door that she was carrying God? You'd think he'd have thought, we can scunch up a little bit. Scunch, scoonch. And we, we look at him and we think, how could you not make room for the Savior in your home? And I'm telling you that what we do is probably far worse because we won't make room for him in our calendar. We won't make room for him with our finances. We won't make room for him with our life. And I'm going to tell you that the joy-filled life is a life that has made room for Christ. Yeah. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. King James says, In his presence is fullness of joy. So, Dwayne, are you saying that time spent, room made for the presence of God in my life is the key to living a joy-filled life? Yes. More than your bank account, more than your career, more than your family. You know why the shepherds are in the story? Because they obeyed. And because they wanted to find Jesus. If, depending on what version you read, I think King James reads it like this. And straightway, after the angels left, they, they, the closest distance between two points is a straight line. They made a straight line to find the Christ child. If, if they had seen the angel and thought, that's pretty cool, but we're staying right here. We got other stuff that we are in charge of. we got other priorities in our life. We've got a busy schedule. We're at work. We're, we've got stuff we're supposed to do. If they had not made room for Jesus, and, and the, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be shepherds in the story. And I'm going to tell you that you have a busy schedule. I know. And you have financial strains i know and you've got stuff pulling you in many different directions and i'm going to tell you that if you really want to have a joy-filled christmas you really want to have a joy-filled life then make room for the presence of god make room to spend time and end up seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you how do we make room See, we, we, we know what the shepherd's response was. They, they made a beeline. So how do you and I make room? What, what's our response? Well, just look at what the shepherds did. The first thing they did is they believed, didn't they? They wouldn't have left their, their flocks on the side of a hill if they didn't believe that what the angel told them was the truth.
They believed and they experienced Christ. And then, if you read this story carefully, do you know what the Bible says that they did as soon as they had an encounter with Jesus? They told everybody about it. So maybe that's how we make room today. Maybe we, we believe. God, I believe that this baby that was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago wasn't just a baby. He was God on foot, God in the flesh. He was, our, he was Israel's long-awaited Messiah, the Son of God, born to die for the sins of humanity. Man, if you don't... I want you to believe that. And then they, when they found him, they experienced him. They spent time there with him. And they, every nativity scene you, you see will show a, a manger with shepherds kneeling at the, at the manger. Maybe worship, worship is how you and I experience Christ. You mean while Donna's singing? I mean, understand that worship is something we do or can do anytime, any place. And then they told everybody they knew. So maybe if you genuinely believe this, you genuinely believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus, that the, the, the baby that we celebrate on December 25th, that, that He really was God in the flesh, and you've experienced His love like we talked about last week, then, then maybe, just maybe, during this season, the way you make room for Him is to tell somebody about Him. Mm-hmm. If you opened up on Christmas morning a check for $100,000, everybody you know, everybody you know, people you didn't like most of the people that you don't know would find out about it wouldn't they hundred thousand dollars yet christ has ransomed our soul isn't that something we need to talk about amen donna come Hey, I hope, I hope today that you'll do those three things. That you'll recognize that, that Christ is the source of joy. That not just this morning, but from this point forward, you'll, prayer will be a greater priority in your life. And that you'll make room for Jesus not just with your worship, but in your schedule, in every part of your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. So I want you to bow your heads with me today. Um, I, I want in my house 
Christmas to mean something. We've always tried to make Christmas about Jesus. So I'm just going to challenge you today. Man, if, if you're in this building and joy has seemed distant, and you thought, man, when you said $100,000 check, my problems would be over. They really wouldn't. Maybe you're here and and joy has seemed hard to find and you feel like that maybe it's for everybody else this season, but not you. I I just want you to experience the love and grace and, and joy of the Lord this morning. And to know that it's for you. That the same declaration to those shepherds on a hillside, don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. And that that declaration echoes into your heart today. That that declaration echoes into your circumstance, into your problems, into your pain. That the declaration that you don't have to worry, there is good news. Jesus is here. Permeates every fiber of your soul. That the God who is the source of hope and joy would fill you completely this morning. I can't do it with my words, but He can with His Spirit. And we've asked His Spirit to do a work in your hearts this morning. So if you'll let Him, if you'll open your heart to Him today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are awed by your presence. And in your presence is fullness of joy. So God, thank you that we are here in your presence and that you have come into this world and that you came into this world and you lived and you died and we're so thankful that you're alive yet again to speak joy into our soul. Hey, just so I know who I'm praying for this morning, if, you, if that's you, if you'd say, Dwayne, joy has been distant, and, and I need for the Spirit of God to fill me complete with joy. I just, I just want to see your hand. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Father, as only you can, as we open our hearts towards you, as we make room for you this morning, by the power of your Spirit, Invade hearts and lives and souls. As we leave this place, we'll make room for you. We'll make room for you in our schedule. We'll make room for you in our life with our love. We'll make room for you. God, would your presence invade hearts and lives today? Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Presence is all I need. It's all I want and all I seek and without it, without it there's no meaning. Thank you, Lord. Your presence is the air I breathe, so in the love I need and without it, without it I'm not living. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no one love. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you for this great gift of joy. And we leave here today mindful that you've commanded us to always be joyful, and we will, because you command it in our heart. We love you, Lord. Thank you for joy. Thank you for hope and love in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to challenge you to do something. Those of you that are connected to social media, how about you do this today? How about you just post this phrase? Don't worry. There's good news. Jesus is here. Why don't you just post that phrase for two reasons? Because you need to encourage somebody else, right? And, and how many know that the Bible says that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. See, you're, you're giving testimony to the fact that we don't have to worry, we don't have to be afraid, because there's good news, Jesus is here. Why don't you do that? You, you, you know what? I won't say anything if you pull your phones out right now and do that. Do it before you go to lunch. Let people know that there's no need to worry, there's no need to fear, there's good news, Jesus is here. I just made a rhyme. How about that? That's pretty cool. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to just leave this place with, no, we're not. We've got to take an offering. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew. See, I got so excited. I almost, that's excited if a preacher forgets to take an offering. <laughs> he just got so excited. He just got so excited. <sighs> he came. How much more do you need? He came. He yeah. didn't have to. He came. I always love this time of year. This is this is this is my hope. Like I said earlier, this is what this is the promise that gets fulfilled on Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead. He is who he says he is. Yep. He did what he said he was gonna do. Yep. And because of him, my sins are forgiven. How much more do you need?